It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining me this morning. Um, as always, there's a lot to talk about, but um, um, an awful lot of what's to talk about is, I think, an awful lot of media hysteria. The ongoing issue over the South African variant, it's its still a massive issue for an awful lot of papers. And it sort of doesn't matter how much the government, after ramping up the fear, tries to ramp down the fear that people will listen. It's almost like doom-mongering sells papers sometimes, isn't it? Who knew? Uh, let's uh, talk to my guest who's joining me all this morning, I'm delighted to say, columnist at the New York Observer, Andre Walker. Good morning to you, Andre. Good morning. How I'm, are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, some incredible good news uh, that's uh, been happening in the last few days. Um, 12.3 million people already jabbed. The 14.6 million who uh, are most at risk, over 70s and those with really serious uh, uh, physical risk, um, they're going to be reached by, they're pretty sure now, by next Monday, probably at the latest. Um, we, are, we are looking at already massive falls in the death rate, in the hospitalisation rate, the number of people in hospital, the number of people in ICU, you the number of infections so much good news around but no let's still focus on the south african variant and still get hysterical about the word variant and the word mutant um and even when the deputy chief medical officer the much loved i gather jonathan van tam uh, tried to reassure yesterday still more doom and gloom um do you think there's a point where actually the, the, the mainstream media, whether it's Sky, BBC, a lot of newspapers, they they are actually sort of so now sort of invested in the doom mongering. They don't know how to see good news when they when it is actually right in front of their eyes. Well, you could say that. I mean, there's another way of looking at it, which is the public love this. I think that there is a general addiction to all of this. People are obsessed. You know, in reality, every time we hit a milestone, uh, that, you know, somebody comes up with a bigger milestone to hit. Yeah. You know, we were talking about vaccinating everyone over 70, now everyone over 50. I saw a study by the University of Warwick that said that we should only end lockdown when 100% of the population are vaccinated oh. with a vaccine that is 85% effective, i.e. never going to happen. Yeah, and that, that's the worry, isn't it? Because even when yesterday were saying, you know, that uh, so, I mean, I mean, some, I mean, ridiculously amazing statistics in terms of the number of people who've actually been vaccinated in the most at-risk groups. And we were told, look, I mean, look, over 88% of deaths in this country from COVID have been those aged 70 plus. I mean, that is that is all you need to know. This is a disease that massively, massively hits people who are over 70 and it 
does not really massively hit people under 70. I mean, sorry, as much as people get upset by that, that is the reality. And the whole argument for people to be in lockdown and, and all of that has been about everyone protecting everyone else. Well, once those people over, over 70 are much more protected, then, of course, the argument is that other people don't have to restrict their lives, businesses, children go back to school and the like. Um, and yet we have seen the take up of the vaccine I mean, has been absolutely huge. Um, even, you know, over 70, 75% of, of overs of, of 70 plus. I mean, it's in the sort of the 90% range of those who are, who are in 80s and 90s. This means we have got a huge faith in the vaccine, huge delivery. I mean, this has been undoubtedly a major success of the government to get the vaccine out, get it regulated, you know, approval quickly to, to get it actually out. We are now, you know, vaccinated. We're going to be one of the first, well, certainly the major country in the world, major economy to actually deliver this. And yet this is not being seen as a tool for getting us out of lockdown. It's somehow turned into something else. Um, Matt Hancock did the press conference yesterday, and I have to say, I mean, he he's loving this. I mean, I'm sorry, but he he's he's relishing every moment. Still, interestingly, not one of the uh, ministers with the, with the highest approval figures. Uh, that's got to be said. Um, but 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 this this I, I worry that it is an addiction to a lot of people, and that actually there are an awful lot of people. In, in 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 politics, in the public health world, they're all terribly important now. They they hold our entire country's destiny in their hands. They are they are now the sages. Uh, that, you know, oh, speak, oh, wise one, tell us what we should do with our lives. We've got a media who are sort of, you know, with all their, you know, very, very, very doom-laden voices explaining how serious it is, getting all their advertising now, by the way, uh, from the government rather than from uh, mainstream advertisers because no one's allowed out of their homes. I, I worry that this is self-fulfilling. Yeah, well, look, I said to you on the previous occasion that I haven't bothered reading the lockdown rules because they change. I'm not interested. So I don't know if I broke the rules yesterday, but I met up with a friend of mine who is asthmatic. Now, I will tell you the fact that he was vaccinated a week ago is a huge weight off my shoulders. The fact that my father has been vaccinated is a huge weight off my shoulders. You know, things are going phenomenally well. But, but, But the problem is, at the same time as I'm worried about my mate who's asthmatic, and my dad, because he's older, yeah. I'm not worried about my nephew, and he has still not gone to school. Exactly. I mean, the, and this is the key point, isn't it? And it's interesting. Um, everyone, if you just have James Max, you know, putting the everyone wants to put the boot into Gavin Williamson. I don't know whether he's a good education secretary or not. But at the end of the day, whether the schools are back or not doesn't appear to have anything to do with the education secretary. We know that the schools were said, told they were going to go back in January. Uh, that some schools did did go back on the Monday after New Year, uh, and then they were closed by the prime minister. So I'm just not quite sure how, how we can blame the education secretary for that because we know we know that the two the two ministers who most have a say over anything that happens in government are Matthew Hancock, the health secretary, and Michael Gove, the cabinet office minister. And you know, and, and they basically are along with you know the the likes of Chris Whitty and Patrick Vallance and Sage. They're now running the government. I mean, that's that, we've now got government by sort of public health body. But 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 also the other thing you talked about the mainstream media before the activist media, people yeah. like the Guardian have simultaneously argued for schools not to open and then complained when oh, they didn't even. open. 
It's just crazy. I don't. I, I cannot understand their position. But, but there's no. But there's an awful lot of the media. People are waking up to stuff that we've been talking about here on Talk Radio for for you know about ten, eleven, twelve months about how we got it. Does go back a long time now. About hold on a minute. And one of the reasons why I I, you know, I supported the first lockdown, and I'm thinking in retrospect that that was a mistake um, because it, it set the precedent. Um, but that that actually. Um, you know, the, the well, as soon as I could see the the side effects of that and the and the costs of that and 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 seeing the actual you know the the evidence for lockdown and against lockdown, I realised what a mistake it was, and and that was when I started to speak out about it. There seemed to be an awful lot in in media and political world who were suddenly going, oh. Oh, it turns out there are all these children who are having mental health problems. Oh, there are all these people with depression. Oh, oh, all these people are going to lose their jobs, really, as a result of lockdown. And you just think, where have you been for the last year? Do these people live in in bubbles? Where what you what? Why are they not aware? Why do they know no one who's lost their job? Why do they know no one who's struggling? I know people who are unbelievably physically and mentally healthy, who've been financially secure, who 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 found life pretty effortless so far. They're not people who've got sort of find a trauma everywhere. They're sort of you know, you know, keep going kind of people who are really really struggling right now. I mean, really, really struggling. They can see no end in sight. And the government won't give us an end in sight other than, oh, on February the 22nd, we might tell you we've got a plan. Yeah, but, the, but, but the goalposts constantly change. Uh, forgive me, I can't remember which newspaper I spotted it in, but one of the newspapers was talking about at the budget a 50 billion tax raise on business. I will tell you when the turkeys come home to roost, when suddenly the government hands you the bill for all this because you can't stick people on the social for a year and not cost a fortune. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. It's like the Green policies. We had um, uh, Nasty Bennett, the, uh, the former Green Party leader, on the show the other day saying, when you look at polls, when people are asked, do they want to have a greener, more environmentally sound policy, you know, they support it. I'm like, well, yeah, but, but, but tell them what the policy is and then tell them what it will cost them and then see if they support it. That's like saying, isn't it? It's sort of, would you like to be paid, uh, you know, most of your salary for not actually going to work? Would you like all this? That's like, would you like to have a, a, a Porsche? Would you, know, would you, would you like to have a, a Rolls Royce? Oh, yes, thank you very much. I would. Oh, and this is the price tag. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Cool. I, I didn't. I didn't know there was a cost to be paid. Well, well, there is. Oh, well, now I've changed my mind. But but well, thought, no one discussed the cost, do they? I thought there was an absolutely extraordinary thing when Tata Steel closed, and basically all these Labour MPs were kicking off about it. And I, I thought to myself, congratulations, this is moving to a green economy. <laughs> the reason Tata Steel has gone bust is you've taxed it out of existence yeah. because you want people to work in windmills. Now, don't <laughs> complain that they've now gone bust because it was your policy. And they wanted the global economy, which means that. China, by the way, gets to uh, flood the entire world market. We're still, interestingly, of course, battles this week over the government wanting to open a new coal mine, uh, and and the Labour and the Labour opposition arguing against it. We live in a topsy turvy world. What did you make, by the way, of Gary Lineker? Who, I mean, oh my goodness me, Gary Lineker paid whatever it is, one point whatever million it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It's an awful lot of money. Now you can argue whether it's a, he's worth the money or not, uh, but obviously maybe you could say, well, that's a matter for the BBC and who employ him, except that we pay the BBC's wages ourselves. And um, yesterday, the TV licence fee it was announced have increased by one pound fifty from uh, one hundred fifty-seven pounds fifty to one hundred fifty-nine pounds. It's not a big deal. It's not a big sum of money. And I think even to people on very low incomes, it's not a big sum of money. But uh, Gary Lineker tweeted out, but but I've just taken a pay cut. And, and as I pointed out, you know, read the room, Gary, read the room. Um, an awful lot of people just are not going to see the funny side of that, are they? 
Well, first of all, I, I didn't see it myself because he blocked me on Twitter for describing him as oh. an evil man. Oh, over no. His European oh, no, views. I've been blocked on Twitter just from asking him questions in the past that are perfectly civil. And he's blocked me. So the thing, the thing is about him. I've got respect for Gary Lineker because Gary Lineker is a full-on, dyed-in-the-wall elitist who hates his viewers, hates this country, loves the European Union, and makes no secret about it. And you know, at least he stands up and admits it. You know, the people that watch his show are mugs. He freely admits that, and no one cares. What, what can you do? The breakfast briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer. On Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.